And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed, bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley. As we begin a very special Thursday. <laughs> and I'm telling you. Uh, good morning, Gary. How are you? Good morning, Eric. And good morning, everyone. Uh, of course, we'll touch all the stuff on, uh, well, not just touch. I mean, we'll we'll go through a bunch of the stuff from uh, from Twitter uh, from uh, uh, yesterday. We'll talk about the uh, GOP now into the election blame game. Hmm. Uh, economists say the housing uh, recession is here. Warnock wins and still says voter suppression is to blame. Yeah, I mean it's just it's just it's mind-boggling. The best headline of the day. We'll tell you a time to get into some Christmas stories. We'll tell you about a Christmas wrapping company's sales that have skyrocketed. Mm. Interesting what the Christmas wrapping actually says. So we'll get to that and more. But we have to do this. Stop the presses. Stop. Oh wait a minute. This is not a New York Times on strike story. Oh okay. Uh but. <laughs> They went on strike. Uh, what a little bit uh, they, at midnight. Yeah, yeah, right. So yeah. they're they're on strike. Well, one thing that's not in any of the stories. Will they do an edition today, or will they just not have? Will they update online? Will they do stuff? I mean, will they, are they just going to? How many people are on strike, and how is it going to affect the publication? We'll get to that. But uh, yeah, I'll monitor right. through the show because and yeah. and on social social media. Now, some of the social media can be set up ahead of time. But right, I'm wondering if. And some of the stuff that they may do in marketing or, or whatever, but could be third well, party, but I, I don't think so. But this is the perfect them. time for the New York Times to go on strike because they're not carrying the important stories anyway. Yeah, why not? So since they're not co- they're not covering one of the, the one of the biggest stories, one of the, the, the you know the, the biggest political scandals that relates to influence peddling they're not carrying that story so this is the perfect time to go on strike yeah perfect time no i mean this is the time of year you and i've talked about it a lot of media organizations i mean a lot of people are on vacation and everything else and and so yeah this is and they're not going to cover you know the the actual stories that are that people are concerned about. That's a right. great point. Yeah, exactly. The perfect time for the New York Stri- New York Times to go on strike. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but we we have to get to this story first because this was bound to happen. <laughs> this was absolutely bound to happen. Uh-huh. Stop what you're doing unless you're driving. Uh, we have been <laughs> talking about the Book of Answers. Yeah, yeah. The Book of the, Answers. The, the Book of Answers. And this is, if in case you're a first-time listener to the show, this is the White House uh, press secretary, Corrine Jean-Pierre, mm. that if you've ever seen one of her press conferences, cannot articulate anything on any issue ad lib. For example, if you ask her a question... She starts going through the book of answers, as we call it, yeah. or the book, of the 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 binder of answers, however you want to look at it. And so she gets a question is uh, asked to her, and they're not even finished with the question, and she starts paging through, you know, the binders, looking for what she can read, and then she reads what the answer is. This was bound to happen. She was asked a question, starts going through the binder when they're done answers the question with the wrong answer. Oh. oh. By the way, why didn't we think of this? We, we've taught the book of answers since the beginning. And until this happened, in my mind, I'm like, you know, I, I just didn't consider it. And when it happened, it was like, well, of course. And my question is, how has this not happened Multiple times. I this is this is I, I'm sorry, this is elementary school. Uh you know, her mentality is that of, of somebody who's completely and totally clueless. It's she, like it's like my math teacher, Mr. Stone, in high school asked me, uh, Mr. Harley, do you have the uh, answer to this equation? And then I start giving him a book report. <laughs> exactly. Here we go. And the, 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 the question is, again, about Democrats who disagree with moving the primary to South Carolina. And right. so Senator uh, Shaheen of New Hampshire uh, wasn't going to some party that the president was having in protest yeah. of moving it. And that was the question that was asked. All right. Yeah. So here we go. Senator Shaheen has a statement. She's apparently not coming to the ball tonight. Oh, okay. uh, She's upset that the president uh, endorsed a proposal to uh, put South Carolina in New Hampshire. And she says that New Hampshire uh, is now vulnerable for her party. Uh, which Does the president have a response to that? So, look, um, we, honor, uh, we honor the Hatch Act, as I, as I mentioned many times before here, as we are talking about a potential election, a 2020 uh, for a presidential election. But looking backward, it is the ultimate irony, uh, you know, uh, that the 2020 election was, was, uh, was proven by the Trump administration's homeland. Oh, sorry. I think I got ahead of myself. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. This is the first time that I had my headphones on to listen to it. <laughs> the fact that you can hear her turning the, the page pages. when she realizes yes. she's on the wrong page in the book of answers is priceless. You couldn't get that done. You know how many sound effects engineers in a movie would have to work for how long? To make what just happened happen. Okay, if you've got any other sound around you, yeah, yeah. Put, put the sound down yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so you can hear what Eric has described. Yeah, yeah, We're yeah. going to play it over again, yeah, all right? Yeah, yeah. Here you go. So hold on. Tell everybody around you to stop talking. Right. All right. 
All right, here we go. Senator Shaheen has a statement. She's apparently not coming to the ball tonight. Oh, uh, She's upset that the president uh, endorsed a proposal to uh, put South Carolina in New Hampshire, and she says that New Hampshire uh, is now vulnerable for her party. Uh, which, does the president have a response to that? So, look, um, we, honor, uh, we honor the Hatch Act, as I, as I mentioned many times before here, as we are talking about a potential election in 2020 uh, for a presidential election. But looking backward, it is the ultimate irony, uh, you know, uh, that the 2020 election was, was, uh, was proven by the Trump administration's homeland. Oh, sorry. I think I got ahead of myself there. <laughs> You can hear her turning the, the page. page, and it sounds frightening. Wow! It sounds wow. horrible. If there was ever, if there was ever an example of how clueless this administration is, there it is, right no, there. That's that's right there. That that is absolutely it. I mean, that is absolutely it. When I first saw the story, because this has not been widely reported. It has not been widely no. reported. No, at no. all. No, and and uh, uh, and, and I, I don't know why. Because it shows there's nothing going to. She's not analyzing in her brain what the question is. No, she hears a couple. She's of, not prepared right, at all. She hears a couple of words. She hears a couple of words, and then just starts going through, and then says, "Okay, this must be it." Boom. This is this is the answer. And then just starts reading it, and she's she's five, six, seven seconds into it, still doesn't realize she's giving the wrong answer to the question. Then about ten seconds in, oops, Gary, off the top of my head. As soon as you get to, by the way, as soon, uh, yeah. soon as you get to the Hatch Act, yeah, the Hatch Act has nothing to do no, with the question that, that was asked when she said Hatch Act. I did this, and I, you know, for those watching on television. I did this I'm looking around, like, because I'm thinking in my mind, if you're in that room and you're a member of the press, you have to be looking around at everybody going, did I, did I just, did I just, what, you know how they talk about on the UFO shows, lost time? Did I just experience <laughs> lost time? And 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 you know, I zapped out and then came back and she's answering a different question. I mean, it's insane. Off the top of my head. Off the top of my head. Well, with all due respect to Senator Shaheen, uh, the president believes that it is time to give a voice to these other states. And South Carolina is a state that has been ignored for far too long. And we do believe that it plays an important role. Now, the party will ultimately decide if that is going to be the, the case. And, and that's where the primary season will begin. But the president is open to allowing all voices to be heard in this process. And it starts with primary season, again, with all due respect to Senator Shaheen. Next question. And I will verify there was no meeting. We did not have a discussion. Eric was not reading out of the red-eye book of answers. No. Nope. He answered that completely and totally ad-lib. Seriously, by do she comes across as, like, I don't know, a, a robot. No, a robot would get it right. A robot would be able to be programmed and would instantaneously, you know, respond, you know, uh, to that 
to that answer. And but, I would, and by the way, I would uh, say that I did not include an important point. I'm already breaking down my answer and how bad it was because I should have included all due respect to Senator Shaheen and more importantly, the people of New Hampshire. Okay. That's okay. That's okay. And that's what should have been. It should have been more thoughtful. I was too busy laughing inside my head (laughs) at number one, this whole wow debacle. And number two, the idea of me talking to the media, but honestly, that's the whole point. How are you not prepared? Not prepared at all. Gary, Gary, it's the beltway. (laughs) You could throw a rock, okay, a marshmallow, and hit somebody and pick that person and say, need you to come answer questions up here in the White House. And Oh, I can fake it all day. Yeah. I mean, you get anybody completely, completely and totally unprepared. Yep. Almost as, you know, really it's sort of an insult to every reporter in there because it's like, I don't even prepare to do this. Somebody gives me a book of answers. I see the headline. You say a couple of words. I go and look at the headline that that's on the binder page. Yeah. And then I just simply, and, and we've talked about this before, how somebody will ask a specific question and she goes to whatever that answer is. Right. And I'm sure there's like a headline. She goes to the headline, but the answer to the question, even though it's on the same topic, does not answer the question that the reporter is asking. Right. And, and here's well, the we, thing. We've, when, seen, we've seen that before. Right. And and in, in listening to her wrong answer, very wrong, <laughs> Or as one engineer once uh, responded to uh, a person that had asked him a question, this engineer friend of mine, he's a petroleum engineer, he responded with, you are highly incorrect. <laughs> as highly incorrect as that answer was, it was still also horrible when you listen to how she's kind of fumbling for whatever it is she thinks she's answering. This thing is just rotten to the core in how bad it was as a response and is indicative of something, somebody who is absolutely zero, zero on the scale of qualifications. She does not belong at that podium. That was really, I mean, I'm, I'm, I've never, I've never seen anything like that ever from the white house press room ever. Nothing like that ever. I mean, that, that has to be the first, maybe in modern, uh, you know, American political history, because I say modern, because 100 years ago, they weren't doing a daily press briefing right. like this. Right. Uh, so I've just I've never seen this before. I mean, it's just the the uh, the, you know, being so unprepared uh, is just in that position is just mind boggling. Yeah. We got a great show ahead. Oh, and mm-hmm. the uh, the mm-hmm. uh, the AO, you saw that the uh, AOC. Yeah. Uh, is uh, is uh, under, uh, um, I guess, uh, uh, ethics. Ethics Committee in ethics the House is investigating uh, AOC. Uh, now, the, the various reports here, this one from uh, Julia Shapiro at The Hill, thehill.com, and it reads, the, com- the committee did not specify what exactly it was probing regarding the congresswoman, but this was posted, though, 
uh, in the afternoon. Uh, yeah. There have been other stories that said the New York Post story. She was giving, yeah, she was uh, given tickets to that event where she wore that dress. It said tax the, the rich. rich. Right. Yeah, and so uh, that's uh, she's uh, not supposed to accept those tickets. They have a, I don't know what the monetary value of the, those tickets would be. I think somebody brought that up, by the way, a conservative. I don't know if it was, you know, somebody like Jesse Waters or somebody at Fox News or who it was, but somebody mentioned that kind of in passing. Hey, she shouldn't be getting free. Or No, I think they asked the question, hey, did she get those tickets for free or did she buy them? Well, she did uh, respond uh, to the uh, the story okay, yesterday right. with this. Yeah. All right. Listen. Just gave me an excuse to play it, that's all. All right, 866-90-RED-EYE. You may not be able to predict blizzards and ice storms, but you can prepare your truck to handle them. Make sure your truck is prepared for any last-minute winter storms by keeping tabs on your tires before each trip. Proper tire traction is essential year-round, but especially during winter when the roads are slick and roadway behavior is unpredictable. Protect your tire investment with routine checks and pre-trip inspections all winter long. Check pressure levels, tread depth, and inspect for any visible damage or debris stuck in wheel components. Look for steam or melted snow coming off wheel hubs, as this could indicate your wheel bearings are overheating. If necessary, give your tires a warm wash before inspecting them, as snow can cover potential warning signs of damage. This report is a service of Shell Rotella. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. By the way, just uh, this is completely off the topic, but my favorite headline from yesterday yeah. was uh, this from the, the Daily Beast. Alex Jones goes to war with Kanye West and Fuentes over homoerotic Hitler fascination. I'm not even going to Google that. No, neither am I. I, I, didn't even, I don't even want to read I, the article. No. It's just, I just saw the headline. Nope. I burst out laughing. I'm like, yeah. oh, my. God, how low can we possibly go? Yeah, I, yeah, I'm, yeah. That's all I need to know. I know everything I need or want to know about that situation right now. Exactly. Forever. Full stop. I. <laughs> I don't even need a book of answers for that. No. It, the book is closed. Yeah, the, it just closed the book. No, I'm not even looking for an answer. Press conference is done. <laughs> I don't even want an answer. I don't have any questions. Could you get into specific? I don't even have any smarmy comments. Could you get into specific details on that? No. No. <laughs> Can we get to the minutia of that headline? No, here's, here's, no. here's my question. Could you please not get into specific details? I'll pay you right now to not expand on that at all, ever. <laughs> Coming up following the bottom of the hour, Elon Musk tells Jack Dorsey that important Twitter files were hidden from bosses and suggested that some were deleted after Dorsey came out and said release it all. I'll tell you one thing. I mean, whether it was Andrew McCarthy, uh, uh, Margot Cleveland, mm. uh, you know, it's, you know, they were all on, look, 
if you're going to be in the opposition to what's going on here, you need to be talking about what the big issue is. It's that there's so many things in this that there's sort of a shotgun approach. But the big thing is the FBI involvement in the Twitter story. Yeah, that's the big story. That's the one well, that yesterday shut up everybody on the left. Not that many people on the left were talking about it. Right. But you can't discount that story with the FBI and being because, as we said yesterday, go back to the beginning. I want to know how long Jim Baker or anybody else at the FBI basically had an office at Twitter and what would, what that was all about. Get a word in edgewise. Eric Harley and Gary McNamara on Red Eye Radio. And he is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. All right, just because we were discussing it, the whole uh, uh, Time Magazine person of the year being Zelensky, and I just love it because I don't know when that that started, the, the, uh, the recognition of the person of the year 1927 did it really man of the year is, is what it was then was it really and then became right. person of the year so there were some women of the year along the way but it was person of the year in 99 but 1927 is well it th- this is this is uh i this is whatever kind of indictment of the public but the first time that i talked about it i understood what it was about it's not an award no no it, it is it is the person who has most affected the world in that particular year, negatively or positively. And for some reason, every single year, people just don't get it. It's not an award. Now, you and I talked about it, and Time Magazine is wrong again on the person of the year. They say it's Zelensky. No, it's not. No. It would be Putin. If you're going to pick, if you're if you're saying, all right, Zelensky, no, it would be Putin. Yeah. If Putin hadn't started the war, nobody would know who Zelensky, the vast majority of the public, I wouldn't say nobody, the vast majority of the public would have no idea who Zelensky is. So right. if you're going by the definition of Time magazine, it's easy to discredit the credibility because they set the standard and the definition of what person of the year is. And Zelensky isn't there and isn't prominent if Putin hadn't started the war. So right. Putin would be the person of the year based on Time Magazine's defini- own definition. Right. Do we have to do all the work? By the way, <laughs> they started this to basically cover up a mistake. That year, Charles 27, 1927, Charles Lindbergh wasn't on the cover of time magazine they did an article on him they didn't put him on the cover so they decided they would cure both and at the end of the year they came up with this oh we'll just make him man of the year <laughs> okay. and put him on the cover <laughs> yeah. see we we didn't do it we were saving it for and they were basically just covering their tracks for not putting him on the cover earlier in the year 
when he made his flight. And then once you start something, you got to keep it going, apparently. There were women of the year, uh, Queen Elizabeth II, um, and a number of uh, women along the way, and then a 99 person of the year. And sometimes it's uh, an inanimate object and not a person at all. So, And sometimes it's a group of people. They've done that before. Yeah, 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 yeah. We right. haven't made it yet. No. Um, I have a couple of ideas of, of how we could do it. It would get us on the cover and possibly person of the year, but it would also get us fired. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to hold back and, and not do that. Yeah. So. Well. The uh, the whole uh, Twitter thing yesterday, Elon Musk tells Jack Dorsey that, uh, I'll read this directly from Fox, Twitter mm-hmm. had Elon Musk informed his predecessor, Jack Dorsey, yesterday that some of the most important data was kept hidden from him and suggested that some may have been deleted. Musk fired Twitter's gen- uh, Deputy General Counsel Jim Baker on Tuesday mm-hmm after it was brought to his attention that Baker had vetted the first installment of the so-called Twitter files shared by uh, uh, Matt Taibbi last week uh, without his knowledge. Baker's involvement in uh, uh, reviewing the files relevant uh, to Twitter's suppression of the Hunter Biden laptop story sparked a firestorm on the platform that prompted Dorsey, who stepped down, as Twitter CEO last year and left its board of directors in May to call for full transparency with the release of the Twitter files. If the uh, goal is transparency to build trust, why not just release everything without uh, a filter and let people judge for themselves, Mm. including all discussions around the current and future actions? Make everything public now, uh, uh, Dorsey uh, uh, said. And by the way, I agree uh, with that. And I wish that uh, Dorsey would have run Twitter like that uh, in what, the same way that he's demanding Elon Musk run Twitter. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but uh, as, of course, we did not. And when he was before Congress, he came across as high. Yeah. Remember that? Remember yeah, that? He, he, was actually, he was like, is he high or what? Um, Musk on Tuesday announced that he had terminated him. Uh, and when uh, asked, uh, uh, oh, on, um, I'm trying to find out where. Because he went, he went right to, uh, oh, here it is. Okay, he tweeted to him. He tweeted out, most important data was hidden from you, too. He's talking to mm-hmm. Jack Dorsey. Yeah, right. And some may have been deleted, but everything we find will be released. So, And, and this is the thing. That, that this is the one criticism that you see of it. Well, why, do you, why did you go to, uh, you know, Taibbi to release it? Just right. release it yourself. Just right. re- why did you go to the surrogate? Right, and I, you and I don't view that. I don't view that as a big deal, but it's something that <clears throat> uh, the left jumped on immediately. But you know, I was looking at uh, Andrew McCarthy, who wrote a column uh, yesterday about, look, this is about the FBI. You know, this is this is this is what it's about. Right. It's not well, a, 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 and it goes that that's really you know that's really the big story in here. Yeah, it is, and you know, I would say that. Elon Musk 
I don't know if he possesses the skills to do the analysis or not, but I can tell you he likely doesn't have the time to break it down the way that Taibbi and Weiss were hired to do that. Oh, no, you could still you know, hire them, and you, but, yeah, but you release right. it on your Twitter. Right. And, you know, the thing is, is that uh, that was the breakdown of, of uh, a lot of the criticism. Matt Taibbi is, is uh, now just a... I don't know, right-wing hack or whatever it was over the weekend and, and everything else. Well, if you're going to hand it to somebody to analyze it and do the breakdown, that's first of all, it requires a great deal of trust. I I have, in, in my mind, uh, a number of people that I would think that I could do, to, that I think could do that job. Uh, Margot Cleveland. I think uh, jo- uh, Jonathan Turley. Uh, Andrew McCarthy. I'd probably hire people like that. Make sense of these files and what was going on there. And if you have any questions, let me know. And and, and internally, we'll, we'll answer those questions so you can break it down properly and put it out there for the American people. The, the fact is, is that the left hates transparency. The left hates any kind of dissent. They hate people who ask questions because it doesn't serve them well. The truth doesn't care. The truth is the truth. Whatever has already happened has happened. However, this plays out. And, you know, I, I thought about this story as, as it hit yesterday, Elon Musk basically sharing with Jack Dorsey. Hey, dude, Look at everything that happened that you didn't know about. By the way, that's on Dorsey. I don't know. You mentioned, you know, that when he was testifying, he just looked out of it. He looked like he was high. Yeah. And and I don't know if he was or not, but he just didn't look present. And I've seen him answer interviews. He needed a book of answers. No, he, he and, and that was the thing. I saw him on Rogan with the former person, I forget her name, who was, uh, was it, uh, Jaya, I forget her name. That that was the attorney, and 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 also was she wasn't the attorney for Twitter, but uh, she was in charge of content, basically deciding who was going to get kicked off and who wasn't, and policy. And he was on Rogan, and he he just wasn't answering the questions like somebody who was present in their job and in their role, saying things like, "Well, if that's happening, then we need to correct that." Uh, if we've done that, then that's wrong and it needs to change. Well, what do you mean if? Dorsey should have been present. And if you're not going to be present in the mission statement and the very, you know, uh, legitimate complaints, biggest complaints about your service, your company, uh, your what you provide, your product, then you should quit. I said that then and then turns out he did. He left his... CEO. And I don't know uh, if he saw this coming or if he just realized, yeah, I really don't care anymore. And that's why I'm not present. I need to get out. But it's staggering how uh, how he was not present and how this was kept from him. Now, on the other side of that, there could have been a number of, of, of people involved in keeping this from him. If you talk about somebody like a Jim Baker, he is trained 
in sophisticated methods and keeping things covert. That's just his training. Now you add his what his possible motive and mindset might be and keeping something from or a number of somethings from somebody like a Jack Dorsey is probably child's play at that level, given who Jim Baker is. Uh, Andrew McCarthy uh, writes, look, the, the big thing was the FBI interference in the 2020 election. That's what that that's where the focus has to be. And I did see some somebody posted. I, I don't I remember on Twitter yesterday saying we've got this shotgun approach. You know, there's so much going on here mm-hmm. that there's been like a shotgun approach. Because, But the real big problem, uh, not that there isn't a problem with what the DNC did and what the, the Biden campaign did, because the Biden campaign, you know, it's almost as if, well, it was a Biden campaign, which means it was Joe Biden. Because yeah, Biden right. runs his own campaign. Yeah. And and so, you know, to 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 squelch or uh, you know, uh be a part of the that communication with Twitter to shut it down. And then, as Jen Psaki said, they're they, they were constantly, you know, talking to the social media companies, and this is after they were in office. And we right. played the audio cut the other day. Uh, a variety of things, including, uh, uh, you know, COVID, looking right. for disinformation. They were clear about uh, doing that. Will you tell me the relationship changed? Mm. The relationship changed from, you know, the campaign. But I understand the fact when people say it's not a constitutional freedom of speech issue when they did it because they weren't the government. But the FBI is the government. And, you know, uh, Andrew McCarthy talking about, you know, you had that one Twitter executive come on and say, no, the FBI said told me it was going to be about, uh, 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 you know, it was going to be about Hunter Biden. We were told that. Mm-hmm. And then you had that uh, the that FBI agent in one of the uh, Republican lawsuits say, well, the Hunter Biden name came up, but only after the Post uh, broke the laptop story. Mm-hmm. That's what he said. And as Andrew McCarthy writes, the dueling accounts of whether Hunter's name was invoked are a sideshow. Patently in the October 2020 run-up to the presidential election, A, the FBI was well aware that there would be eminent media coverage about the laptop that the Bureau possessed and had known about for a year. As you and I have talked about, Mm -hmm. it's one of the first questions we had a long time ago on this. Wait a minute. They had the laptop. They knew it was legit. B, the FBI had collaborated with Democrats to develop a narrative dismissing the evidence of Biden family corruption as Russian disinformation. And C, the FBI was conducting briefings with social media companies to convey heavy-handedly that they would exercise their discretion in favor of suppressing from their platforms anything that might be perceived as a repeat of 2016, any information that could be construed uh, as a product of Russian hacking or as disinformation intended to hurt Democrats and help Trump. Furthermore, we know Twitter is not the only outfit that says this. Mark Zuckerberg, the CEO of Facebook, uh, recounted how Joe Rogan's on Joe Rogan's podcast that Facebook had limited dis- dissemination of the Biden laptop reporting because the FBI told the company to be on the lookout for a redo of Russia's 2016 election interference. So yeah. there you go. Mm. So that's the problem. Was, was Hunter's name mentioned? That question is not relevant because it didn't need to be. You didn't need to be a weatherman to know which way the wind was blowing. Yeah, right. Eight six six ninety red eye Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio.
It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Still going through tons of editorials, and the only editorial I've really seen in an attempt to uh, to challenge uh, the the whole Twitter story, the Twitter file story, mm. was uh, Digby, right? Yeah, Dig- right. Uh, from yeah. Salon.com, right. who was saying, it's all about sex. Uh, Republicans are just obsessed with the sex portion of it, which, of course, is just... Uh, uh, ridiculous, but now that there seems to be a focus on the FBI and their role in all of this, everyone has gone quiet on the left. Nobody even wants to touch this on the left. They don't want to bring it up. Well, because they're, they're you not, can't. Yeah. You can't. Once you once you open that door to covering this, then you're going to have to stay with it because they know this story isn't going to go away. Yep. Top of the Hour News is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the solar system. Uh, Ah, see what you did there. We are Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Hurley and I'm Gary McNamara. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. And if you can't listen to one of our great radio stations uh, overnight live. You can listen when and where you wish to on your smartphone. And thanks so much. It's always uh, it's always great that at you know at ten in the morning uh, I'll get an email. Yeah. And somebody. Yeah. Hey, you just said oh, I've been sleeping. Wait, it's <laughs> I I now am it, now I have become not just trained to look for the timestamp on the email, which you kind of see anyway. But but uh, but consider it. In fact. I'm curious about it. If we get a comment, you know, it comes up and, and you read the comment uh, on email or social media. And I look at it and oh, wait a minute. When was this made? Because if I missed it from earlier. But, oh, okay. Well, they're probably listening to the you, you guys said that blah, 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 blah. And it, it's not. We do get a lot of comments during the show. But it's during the day. And it, it starts Fairly early. Yesterday, so, I got a couple. The one I like is if we speculate on something. Yeah. Say, well, this, you know, this might be, and this might be happening. I'll get an email saying, "You said that could be happening." Well, two hours ago. Well, you're listening. The show's twelve hours old. <laughs> we yeah. said that before. We knew what the what we knew what the answer was, and we were giving out possibilities. But I, I always love that one. I, it's uh, like, do you understand? You're listening to a podcast. It was from last night. We're an overnight show. Yeah. And occasionally, I'll get people that have no idea that we're on overnight. Well, and we <laughs> we had like one red eye <laughs> one great podcast listener who wrote us and and said, "Well, you guys didn't cover this part of it." And then he wrote back a couple hours, or or it may have been a few hours later. He wrote back and said, "Oh, sorry, I." I should have listened to the entire podcast. You guys actually did cover that part. Of it. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to jump off on you know early without listening uh, to the whole show. But uh, we only ask that you listen five hours a day. Uh, listen to the entire podcast, uh, whatever twice. it is you're going to do, and and if you need to listen twice. No, I did get a, uh, a, a recently a liberal, and I I didn't respond to them because 
um, uh, just yet, but because I thought, well, I'll, maybe if we get a chance, we'll we'll do it on the air. And but it was about well, uh, you guys uh, 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 promised that, uh, and, and this is, was a liberal, not a conservative. You guys promised that that uh, John Durham was going to put people in prison and blah 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 blah, and it, we never ever go to a conclusion ever 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 on this show and they asked where are the archives of your show well that proved to me that this is a new listener because anybody who's been listening for a while you understand that our archives are right there uh where you get the podcast you can go to the website and you can check it out and we leave the the podcast there we have never ever ever we don't first of all we don't predict things we say this is a possible outcome this is possibly what could happen but we don't ever ever do that and you know, it's it, they were saying, well, what about what about Trump and Trump, 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 and and it was like, all right, you know, there's a lot to uh, unpack in this comment, but it was clearly a person. The well, reason it, I didn't respond is because like it, well, they're not listening, and if you're not listening, right, then I'm not going, and and it's clear you're not listening, then I don't think it's worthy of going through point by point in an email to respond to you. We'll do it on the air to explain to everybody. Right. We don't but that ever isn't, make those kind of predictions. Yeah, but predictions. I, it, it's useless because if somebody is saying, you guys said this about him, well, what about this other person? We cover we cover most everything of, of, of any political or economic consequence. That's what we do here on the show. We always mm-hmm. have. Mm-hmm. And so we'll address one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you can, and and so you can, you know, we, and... And it wasn't just that. It was also going off on uh, implying that we promised that this would happen and that would no, happen. No, we, we never did that. We don't ever yeah. get to a point no. of conclusion because you can't know. First of all, uh, things like the Sussman trial, um, oh, you know, um, uh, lying to the FBI isn't that big of a deal, according to the jury. Uh, it's a crime, but man, there are bigger crimes. So these are things that we we always consider in the back of our mind, and we're not uh, paid to be legal analysts, but I I think we do a, a halfway decent job at breaking down where things might go, both yeah. legally and or politically. And and we'll those point are the out, things yeah. that you have and, to and watch we'll along out, the way. We'll point out the possible uh, crimes that that we that we can see. Uh, but we have been blunt many times, and well, we're always blunt, and, and said, you know, when it comes to, uh, you know, in fact, I think we've gone out of our way when you look at the, you know, especially the Hillary Clinton enterprises that existed. You know, nothing we said was false, but we have always stated that sometimes you can have a political dirty trick and there's no crime that has been committed. Mm-hmm. And, but we look at... Um, the evidence that existed for the Sussman and Jim Baker uh, conversation. And all we got from one juror was it just wasn't important to them. The lie wasn't important. He lied, but they wouldn't convict him on the lie. Yeah. And and so uh, I don't believe that we were factually inaccurate on anything there because there's no reason for us to be factually inaccurate. I don't have any... I don't have any I don't have any stake in individuals that may commit a crime or don't commit a crime. I'll analyze the truth. I've I've got no interest 
in making up stuff and then analyzing it. Well, and as they brought up the whole laptop story and and the uh, implying that we said that the president is guilty of a crime, that was proof that you don't listen to the program uh, because there is no proof of that just yet, and we've stated that many times. But politically, it's very clear what went on. Well, no, And we started with going back to the Russian hoax thing. The Russian hoax thing, we said it at the very beginning. Look, it's unclear what they're looking at. And I'm talking about, my gosh, January of 2017, as we were coming back from our Christmas break, and the story had kind of, the narrative had evolved. But we looked at it and said, all right, from the beginning, we looked at it and said, look, if anybody in the Trump campaign or any, anywhere else did anything illegal, that's already done, that's on them, that wherever it falls, it falls, the American people deserve the truth. And we apply the same with the Hunter Biden laptop story as it relates uh, to the president. We said it yesterday. We said it the day before. We probably were going to say it again today. When you look at, at uh, the influence peddling uh, that was going on, mm-hmm. that's a fact. Now you can you can be involved in influence peddling without breaking the law, but influence mm-hmm. peddling was going on. In the last couple of days, we were specific and said, "What would the possible crimes be?" Well, the biggest crime there would be you don't want the public to know what's going on, and you can be involved in influence peddling, which can then uh, get to the point of a bribe. That can happen. Do we have evidence that that exists? No. What did we say? The most possible, the most possible crime that the president could be charged with it would be tax evasion yep because we know that tens of millions of dollars went to the biden family we know off the laptop that hunter biden himself talked about the fact that uh was it i forgot who it was was a member of the family that he was talking to hopefully you won't have to support the family right Hopefully you won't have to give. And I think at that point it was 50% or half or something, you know, to, uh, to, uh, to, to basically to Joe. And then we know, uh, the 10%. We know these are all things we didn't make them up. These aren't allegations of sources. These are all directly from the laptop. And, and so, uh, I think politically the problem would be is, and I, I don't believe it's going to I don't believe that the Republicans, uh, no matter what they find, I don't believe they'll impeach him and kick and unless you can find an actual crime in there. Unless unless you can find the fact that that it is proven the email exists and there it is from the you know, from uh hypothetically, from the president to the Chinese company, I will do this for you if you give our family $10 million. Yeah, the, the uh, smoking gun on a quid pro quo. Right. And and, and at that point, yes. Uh, but I think most Republicans right now see this as a president is so weak. They don't want him. They don't want him gone. Maybe maybe they do. Maybe that'll change. Maybe, mm. maybe they'll sit there. I did notice that the civics poll, by the way, is now to 13 points mm. and his approval rating back down to 40 just... So, you know, that one. So mm-hmm. will we get into the 30s? I mean, now that the election is, uh, is is over, all of them, will he start going back to the numbers that he had before that were absolutely horrendous in the civics poll? We'll see because we're looking to we're always looking at these polls and saying, are they credible or not? We have great questions now about the civics poll, how 
how he went from negative 28 to like at times eight or nine, mm. negative eight. It's like, no way. No, there was nothing that he did that would make that many people in the public, you know, switch their opinion of him mm. over a three or four month period. So, mm. um, but uh, overall, when we look at, at it, we, we say what the possible crimes are, but we have never stated that anybody would, for a fact, put people in jail, whether it was Durham. And we've never said what the specific crimes would be, uh, you know, that that absolutely would happen and he would be charged and convicted of. We've never done that. It'd be stupid to do that. That's we're not into doing that. We're not into. Look, I think the dumbest thing in the planet, the dumbest thing. I hate sports for this reason. (laughs) I actually like sports, but I hate it. One of the reasons part of it. One of this part of sports I hate. Who do you think is going to win this week? I have no idea. That's why they play the damn game. Shut up. What you think, what the score is going to be. The dumbest thing on the planet is all these talking heads before a game. Well, the score is going to be Dallas 24 and Philadelphia 21. Well, no, no, I disagree. I think it's going to be 26 to 22. No, 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 no. I think Philly will win 21 to 17. As if it matters. And some reason we're obsessed with that. So... Maybe that's part that guy that that emailed you. He's obsessed with the fact that that's what our culture is right now. Everybody's predicting what's going to happen, and I'm certain this is going to happen. And so that's his mindset. So he listens. He doesn't well, really listen to it. us. He just he. It's I, how he thinks or operates, and or what he pays attention to. And we don't operate that way. No the 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 most complaints that I get are things that we've never said. Yeah. That's the most complaints. Yeah. The the most frequent complaint I get are Every things... Every complaint in that email was something we never did. We never did. And, and so when you said that, I'm like, well, I get, that's what I get all the time. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. we never said that. Mm-hmm. No, we didn't. No, we never said that. I can't tell you how many times I have written, please listen to what we say, not what you think we are saying. Well, and we joke about, well, we need you to listen to all five hours, but we actually do need you to listen completely to the show if you've got a question about it, because sometimes we do get a complaint, and the, the one listener said, sorry, I, you know, he came back and yeah. said, sorry, I didn't, I jumped before I listened to the whole thing. But sometimes people will listen to the whole thing and not catch what we said and say, well, you guys didn't cover this part. There are so many, oh man, with especially with Russian hoax. We do a five-hour show. It's the longest in radio, uh, on, in talk radio. And we still can't cover everything in Russian hoax as for as many years as we've been doing it. So we certainly can't mention it and put everything into every segment about the Russian hoax. We can't, same thing with the whole uh, Hunter Biden thing and and the laptop thing as it relates to the president. There are so many things uh, that you can't include every single time. Uh, and if you listen to again the show, either more often or the entire show, you'll see that we are yeah. going to we are going to focus on different aspects of it. Yeah, and I, I'm fine with that. If someone says, "Hey, you guys covered that, but you missed that," I go, "Yeah, we've covered that before, but mm-hmm. we were focusing in on this portion of it." Right, and most people understand. It's right. like you know, so it's. Because you can't cover 51, you know, 50 things, 51, 50, 51 things at one time well, in a 10-minute oh, segment. It's in impossible. case in point, that. someone uh, wrote a, a, you know, a note and said, uh, you know, look, give J.D. Vance a chance. It wasn't about J.D. Vance the other night when we were talking about performance of candidates 
who got the endorsement of Donald Trump. That that was about performance and how they did in the their their elections. It wasn't about any of those candidates specifically, although we did break it down with Herschel Walker. We thought he was the worst of all those candidates candidates running for a Senate, uh, running for the Senate. But we don't have an issue with J.D. Vance at this point. No, no. In fact, I, I, we were, uh, especially how he ran the last few months of his campaign, uh, we were very pleased with the, when we would see the speeches, we go, okay, that's focusing in on what yep. he needs to, uh, to uh, you know, uh, to do. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, it's, and we'll get to that coming up here in a little bit because the blame game now is being thrown out, out all over the place. Oh, yeah. And yeah. as we have said, you know, we may, you know, that's the thing. We may focus in the other day and we said, look, you got Trump endorsements. That was bad. Does that mean that's the only problem? No, no. McConnell, no. McConnell's a problem. The RNC's a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we can point out one problem. And many times people view that as, well, that's all inclusive. That's the only problem. And it's not. And no. we've covered all of that. Yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> I look at, I'm going, you know, the, the RNC horrible right now. Oh yeah. Uh, M- McConnell needs to go. Yep. Yep. Uh, I don't see a way out for Trump. Yeah, I, I, I don't. Well, you and I talked about this. We, we, we listened to the audio before Kellyanne Conway and, uh, what's his name from CNBC, the, uh, his former economic advisor, Larry Kudlow. Yeah. Uh, and, and they were talking back and forth and he, the Kudlow's like, I don't know what the hell he's doing. What's he, he's just killing himself. And Kellyanne Conway, who is the one that told him in 2016, she was the architect of his victory. Yeah. People it was forget her that. data. Yeah, her, that that helped to right. shape that campaign, and and she told him, "Stop saying the election's going to be rigged if because, you lose, because you, you sound, sound like, like you've you're already a loser. lost." And she said she doesn't know where he's going either because right. he needs to look. To, if he ever wanted to be president again, he'd have to look to the future, and he just can't do it. He's caught in the past, and people don't want to hear that. And that comes from some of his biggest supporters. Well, we said after 2020, we said. That will be a mistake if he tries that in running for 24, if he's going to run. He can't look back. It's going to have to be looking forward. Forget about the past and move on. 86690-RED-EYE. Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at J.J. Keller, and I'm here to share a tip on winter weather driving. On the off chance that you become stranded due to wintry conditions, it's important to be prepared and to know what to do. Consider carrying an emergency kit, that includes a shovel, flares, jumper cables, first aid supplies, a flashlight, and spare batteries. If you become stranded, stay in your vehicle. Walking in a storm puts you at risk of being hit by a car, suffering hypothermia, or getting lost. Call 911 to request help. Store extra clothes in your cab so you can stay warm by wearing layers. If you have to run the engine for heat, make sure that the exhaust pipe is clear of snow and crack a window to make sure that carbon monoxide doesn't build up in the cab. Also pack extra food and water so you don't have to go hungry or risk dehydration while you're waiting for help to arrive. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller and Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. This report is brought to you by Pilot Flying J and by Shell Rotella. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Friday Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 
90 Red Eye, if you'd like uh, to get in uh, to the show today. Uh, coming up here in uh, just a little bit, the GOP now into the election uh, blame game. Economists say the housing recession is already here. Duh. Yeah. And you can, I mean, that's, if you're talking about negative growth, well, duh, of course it's here. It's yeah. been here for a while, so we will get uh, we will get uh, to uh, uh, that and and more on the whole Twitter thing. And we said this just in a in a uh, general statement. We've said this many times before on different topics. You know that when the left goes completely quiet, they have nothing that they're scared mm-hmm. to death mm-hmm. because if they believe they can argue with you because your point is weak, they will. And now that the focus seems to be on the FBI and their role uh, in the uh, whole Hunter Biden laptop, Twitter, social media story, they've gone completely quiet. Yep. We'll get to that. Coming up. Twenty-five hours a week on your favorite radio station, online or in our app, Red Eye Radio. And I'm Gary McNamara. He's Eric Harley. Eight six six ninety Red Eye. You know, looking at uh, everything with uh, with uh, with Twitter, and now it seems you've got uh, whether it's Margot Cleveland who was writing about this yesterday, and mm-hmm. Andrew McCarthy, and then uh, others saying, you know, look, the big problem is uh, the FBI involvement in this. Not that there aren't other problems, but. You have to focus if you're talking about, because you know, the big story is government interference. Campaign interference is huge because the campaign, you know, and the campaign interference was done to protect uh, Biden. And you can look at that and extrapolate that out to what's going on right now and what happened with influence peddling. But with the actual attempting to uh, use a surrogate, the government to use a surrogate to censor that's when constitutional freedom of speech uh then uh is infringed by the government and that is against the first amendment but I was reading andrew mccarthy who was talking about that and he was talking about you know the whole james baker story and let me just read a couple more sentences and then a couple more things to say on this as if we needed more then came 51 former national security officials who in a jaw-dropping electiony proclamation went all in on the Democrat FBI storyline that the laptop reporting was Russian disinformation. Naturally, the gang of 51 was led by the two top former Obama officials, James Clapper, Director of National Intelligence, and John Brennan, CIA Director, who had worked most closely with the FBI in peddling the 2016 Russian interference and Trump-Russia collusion narratives. The proclamation itself is classic disinformation. It is careful not to come out and say the Biden story is Russian disinformation, only that our crack national security pros keenly deserved, excuse me, discerned all the quote classic earmarks of a Russian information operation. If you press them on it, Clapper and Brennan would claim They weren't trying to deceive anyone by exploiting for partisan gain their privileged access to the nation's intelligence secrets. No siree. 
they'd point you to the fine print, the proclamations, fleeting admissions that actually the Gang of 51 has no idea whether the laptop data are genuine and they lack any hard evidence of Russia involvement. But they sure got their point across, didn't they? The social media execs relied on this disingenuous, hyper-political, factually baseless proclamation to fortify themselves in the conclusion that the Biden reporting should be suppressed as hacked Russian disinformation. And Joe Biden himself pronounced in a presidential debate watched by tens of millions of Americans that the laptop story must be disinformation because, after all, dozens of former national security officials, bipartisan, professional, patriotic, credible, had said so. Here is the most galling part. They think we're morons. They think they are so clever manipulating words and putting their thumbs on the scale with the power we entrust to them. They think they've covered their tracks with so much deniability that we, the benighted rabble, could not hope to keep up with them. I guess we'll see if they're right. Uh, You know, it's interesting because when Joe Biden himself said that the laptop story must be false, in the debate, he was lying because he knew it was true. Yeah, he did. Now, you said this uh, a week or two ago. Those involved know the truth. That's always the case. But when you when you say that out loud, Joe Biden absolutely knows the truth. Here's a guy who will lie for no reason. Joe Biden will just go on a story about corn pop and you don't even have to ask him a question. So, of course, he's going to lie on something like this. But he knows the truth. But Joe Biden was peddling disinformation because he knew the laptop story was true. Why? Because he's been involved in it. And and so uh, when he said that, he was lying. He was part of the disinformation. Now, look at this. The 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 three you look at three of the biggest stories over the last six years, three of the biggest stories. Yeah, all right. Uh, Trump colluded with the Russians to hack or change the outcome of the election. Mm -hmm. Completely false. Peddled by the media with source stories, peddled by the Democrats, peddled by the intelligence agencies, peddled by the FBI, peddled by the, the special prosecutor, Mueller, until they did the investigation. All of that was disinformation that was promoted by social media and the media in general. It was a complete lie. And now we know. And I hope this is what this leads to in Twitter, because most people still don't know about the the Hillary Clinton dirty trick Mm. and the enterprise created to finance and create the lies, sell them to law enforcement, sell them to the media, and then come back around and say, see, he's guilty yeah. of doing this right. because all of this is going on. Right. Classic disinformation. So not only was one of the biggest political stories of all time 
a complete lie and disinformation, but it was kept going by all of these organizations that claim they're against disinformation, yet they peddled it for years. And then when the truth came out about what the Hillary campaign actually did, they had no interest in peddling the truth or reporting the truth. No, they had no interest in it. Now we get to this story, the Hunter Biden laptop story. Mm -hmm. They suppressed the story because it was, they claimed, disinformation. Yet all the lies and all the disinformation is what was actually published. And the truth was kept from the American public. So all of this talk by the left that they're against disinformation is disinformation in itself. Right. Because all of it was a lie. The laptop was legit. What happened was legit. The tens of millions of dollars going to the Biden family to enrich themselves, coming from foreign governments in order to get access to Joe Biden, all of that is true. Yeah. Everything that was peddled by the 51 intelligence agents was all false. And they knew, I believe, they knew it was false. Oh, yeah. Because, and and then the FBI and their influence with Twitter and peddling what they were peddling, that you're going to get some disinformation, 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 and uh, the one uh, Twitter executive saying, and it was about Hunter Biden, they had had the laptop. They weren't just peddling disinformation. They were lying. Yeah. Because they had had the laptop for almost a year. And so even when this came out, when the New York Post story came out, the FBI knew it was true. They knew the laptop story was true. Mm -hmm. And not only were they attempting to get them not to run it through James Baker, but they never came out and said, look, no, we have a laptop and this is actually true. This is true information. This is the laptop does exist and it is legit. And and think about it. I mean, you know, that entire effort that you just touched on of coming out and saying we're against disinformation. That's disinformation in itself. To the point we're going to get a disinformation czar. Yeah. You, what you're trying to do is position yourself ahead of time in a way that to make people who aren't paying attention to things every day believe that you're the you're the righteous that you are the ones telling the truth that everybody else is lying i said for years during the obama administration that i i th- this theory of mine that you know what it's probably a tactic i can't prove it but there's probably a tactic to telling so many lies because what you're doing is you're getting your political opposition worked up. And it basically, at that point, Republicans were just saying liar, 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 liar all the time. And so it just looks like the Republicans do nothing but accuse you of lying. As you're lying. As you're lying. 
So it's a a tactic that I think, again, they really had no choice. Whatever happened had already happened. We've said this and said it earlier. However it falls, the truth doesn't care. The truth is going to rise to the surface in some way. And hopefully it rises in front of all of the American people. And when you when you know when they know this, when they know the truth, and now more and more the truth is revealed to the opposition or just the American people, it just becomes more obvious. The lies about which starts with I knew nothing about my son's business dealings. Yeah. It's all a lie. It's a lie. And and, and the the lie exists. Why? Because they were enriching the family through companies that were tied to intelligence agencies and foreign governments, uh, including China. Yeah. Basically run, you know, right. by, by them. Right. And the entire, the, one of the, you know, we, we talk about the word of the year is gaslighting. Mm. The biggest gaslighting that exists is the Biden administration, the FBI, all these intelligence agencies, the Democrats claiming that they are against disinformation. Mm. When everything that you see, the biggest political stories, and then even COVID going with the, you know, the, the whole thing of not allowing, only allowing one theory and not the other theory mm. as to the origin of COVID. Mm-hmm. Everything that they've been involved with, all the major stories that they claim that the government needs to monitor what's going on to stop disinformation. That is one of the biggest political gaslighting efforts in history because they rely on disinformation and have relied on disinformation over the last six years on the biggest political American political stories. Because they know. They know they're lying. Yeah. I mean, you look at it, and more and more, the as the truth comes out, there's just no way to avoid this. And, how again, however it falls, whether they prove anything was done illegally or not politically, the damage, I think, that is not just what is playing out right now, but what is to come is unavoidable. And it will, when the Republicans take the house, that's going to be the focus. And if it's not in the house, then it will definitely be in conservative media. As we learn more from the Twitter files, eight, six, six, 90 red eye. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara, 866 90 red eyes so it's important to understand i think that the the you know that the biggest gaslighting since that's the word of the year was really every time you hear a democrat say you know the government needs to stomp out disinformation 
or what we have seen. And that's that's laugh. That should be laughable to any citizen because the government, <laughs> that's what they do. Well, that's government's it. practice disinformation. And this this administration and what we have seen uh, from, you know, over the last couple of years, the biggest the biggest political stories were all disinformation mm-hmm. from the left. Yeah. Yeah. And the truth was kept from the American public. Not a lie, but the truth. The government wants to control information. There's the truthful yeah. position. Not the government wants to stamp out disinformation. You know, it was one of those. It's actually a it was it was probably the gaslighting of all gaslightings. Yeah. Is for the American government to come out. And how many different departments did this? We're going to work against disinformation. In other words, we want to control all information and limit free well, speech. Well, Homeland Security. Yes. The border is secure. That's right. <laughs> we need a disinformation czar. <laughs> This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 86690 Red Eye. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Download our Red Eye Radio app today and listen when and where you wish. And now, thank you. I was thinking one question that I want to hear, hmm. and I don't believe it's ever been asked to the, the president, but every time that the president extends a student loan, uh, you know, the gives a student loan payment uh, extension, mm-hmm. somebody should ask, you're out here every day saying that the economy, you've created all these, you've created 10 million jobs, that the economy is better than ever before. You had Cory Booker come out and say, you know, on the economy, uh, this is the best, this is probably the, the he's probably had the best two years since LBJ. Didn't bring up Vietnam for LBJ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and so saying that, why is he still extending the student, why is he still extending the uh, student loan payment? Or, or why is the student loan payment extension uh, still going on if the economy is doing great? Right. Nobody asks that question, do they? No. Can't have it both ways. No. You can't sit there and say the economy is doing great and better than ever before, and we're going to continue to have an extension of people not paying their student loans. Can't do it. Right. Nobody asks that question, do they? I don't no. think. Maybe somebody did. It just didn't make it, so. Well, Does I, she had that in her book of answers. I, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it will be under the answers uh, uh, regarding questions about hedge funds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> uh, 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 it's it's likely. Well, we'll bring those two thoughts together. It's likely because the book of answers is so huge. There's so many things on the plate. It's like, why even bother bringing that up? You know, I mean, if you think about the concerns with the border, all the concerns 
that have to do with uh, Hunter and Joe Biden and inflation and everything else. But, you know, I thought about it with uh, Warnock winning in Georgia. I thought, you know, if they had 60 in the Senate and, and retained the House, my gosh, what they wouldn't do over the next two years. It's insane to think about it. And they think they're going to get away with, and in fact, they're really the only thing the president can do is, you know, I mean, aside from, uh, you know, a couple of court items maybe along the way, but, um, and, and nominees, it's really going to be about his executive pin. And with the student loan thing, that's a clear indication, proof, that they think that he thinks he can spend hundreds of billions of dollars with executive orders, with with executive moves. And you could still understand that every time he extends the student loan mm-hmm. uh, uh, payments, mm-hmm. the interest is still being paid by the federal government. Yeah. Yeah. Every, no, it's, every it's month damaged, it, right. It is damage to the taxpayer. Right. We, the people, are the bank. Uh, will the uh, Republican Congress challenge that? I I actually think uh, that they might. I think they should, and they shouldn't wait for anything from uh, the high court. I think they should go ahead and file that case and then see where it goes from there. And if the Supreme Court comes back and says, no, this is clearly a separation of powers issue and the, the executive branch doesn't get to do this, then they can, at that point, it'll be moot. But I think they should do it nonetheless. I think there should be a, again, greater conversation and further demonstration of of uh, why this is wrong, why he can't do that. And hopefully they'll do it. Uh, the the House moved against Trump on on one issue. They filed a suit, and I had have to go back on on the issue. Um, but these are things that I mean. Even the outgoing Speaker said, "Well, Joe Biden doesn't have the power to do that through executive order." And then, of course, when he said he's going to do it, she said, "Oh, what I meant to say was he does have it." Yeah. <laughs> I think she hired uh, what's his name at the FBI who changed the email. Uh, I, I think she hired him to change her answer. Um, but no, I mean they they look at these things and and believe that they can get away with it. And and honestly, they just uh, you do it until until somebody says you can't do it. I mean that's the approach. Um, I did see where. A number of people, I don't know the exact number, but there was a report out in the last few days that a number of people have been told that their application was approved. And remember, the administration stopped the, they shut down the application process, but not before millions applied for this whole loan transfer, a.k.a. forgiveness. And... Many people were told, yeah, it's been approved, believing it was going to go through. And, of course, it's not, because right now it's in the courts. And 
I didn't think about that part of it. You and I, I guess, maybe kind of skimmed over it, but assumed that, well, no, there's you can't approve anything. You can't make any moves here because it's in the courts. But they implied to these people in their response to these people through the uh, Department of Education that they were going to get loan forgiveness. And that ain't going to happen. I wondered if there are any lawsuits there. I mean, I guess you could go back and, 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 you know, if you're the administration, you can go back and say, Your Honor, that was sent out falsely. That was, and unfortunately, it was the wrong message. And we can't obviously do that because it's in the courts. It, it happened, and it wasn't supposed to happen. And basically, you just kind of chalk it up to a typo kind of situation. But I wondered if some of those people who had been told it was approved might sue. I, you know, this is how ludicrous this whole thing has been. To think that you could go out and spend, but, but you know what? I mean, after COVID, after the level of spending in COVID, of course they believed. (laughs) That's the other part of me that believes. No, no, no. Of course they believed they could get away with spending you know, half a trillion, maybe even a full trillion on this whole thing through the executive branch. They don't really care. So it really isn't a shocker at the end of the day, but I think the high court is going to ultimately hand them their defeat. And we'll see when that happens. Well, now the blame game's going on because of uh, of uh, of Georgia. You know, it was interesting to be on, on social media yesterday and just seeing the, 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 the you know, the back and forth. And, mm. uh, it's Trump's fault. It's McConnell's fault. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and back and forth, as if it's exclusive to one. That there's only one. Right. There's only one thing to blame. No, I think there. Are, uh, that's a great or point. one person to blame. Right. I, I think. Look, I think the. Uh, I think it's pro- if we're going to talk about people, I think it's uh, probably in this order: uh, Walker, uh, Trump, and McConnell. I mean, if you're going to pick those three, then that's the level of responsibility they each have in that equation. But it's not. An, it's not just one. It was wrong when we when we talked about when they announced who the Senate candidates were going to be. There were two that we picked out from from that group. Oz in Pennsylvania and Walker in Georgia. And we said. Oi. Because. You know, the one thing, the first thing that came to mind. Was. Let's not do the celebrity thing with Walker, right? And then Oz, the same thing. Because that seemed to be, that was the common element there. All right, these are well-known individuals outside of American politics, and they're going to get in it. Well, the fault with that is that you haven't had a long record of sharing your views with the public to demonstrate what your core beliefs are. And so you're starting fresh, believing that your name is going to carry you. 
Well, it doesn't always work that way. In fact, in this case, it didn't for either of them. And that is a, that's a, you know, that's a problem. But that's also, you know, on on the candidates. I mean, and there's no way to stop that. If they've got in their mind that, hey, I can win. Look, uh, Walker performed respectfully. 48, what is it, 47, 48%. Okay. You know, he didn't get like 12%. We'll, we'll say that in his state, he outperformed Sarah Palin in her state. <laughs> you know, but, Look, but, I, I, but the thing is, yeah. is that that's, it requires more than that. For, for the bean counters and the data crunchers, you can have that conversation. You've got to rise above and you've really got to set yourself apart as a candidate. But for conservatives and Republicans, and I think this translates, obviously, to independents, you've got to show and demonstrate along the way that you are the best candidate. And neither of those two did that. Oz, a couple of things along the way, he did okay. And it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, but it clearly wasn't enough. You know, the uh, I, I will say this, that uh, I, this is going to go on for a while, but the reality is you lost elections you should have won. Yeah. And and so everyone gets the blame. McDaniel right. gets the blame, head of the, the RNC. I mean, how many times have you seen it on social media? No one has ever been the head of the RNC this long with this mm. many with, with this many losses. It yeah. just doesn't happen. You don't. Yeah. You don't do that. And you go back to I go back to Newt Gingrich back in the late 90s after they lost they lost seats uh, mm-hmm. in the midterm. And he resigned just like that. He says, I have to resign. Somebody has to replace me. That's a reality of politics. I, you yeah. have you have to get somebody right. new in there. You know, I was I was thinking yesterday because we've we've talked about, you know, what is needed in the um, Republican Party uh, right now. And we've talked about the DeSantis model. And that is somebody who shows extreme competence and can argue the five or six things that you know you have landslide numbers to win on. You can point out in with very, uh, in very uh, great critical thinking statements that are blunt but to the point, and you can win every argument. So you do win every argument. That's what's needed. And I started thinking that, you know, you might also, and again, I don't view him as a conservative. I'm just talking about in a particular instance, somebody who you know is winning the argument. And that would be Elon Musk. And we talked yesterday about the fact of, you know, that one article that was written on him about <laughs> basically that he's he's a Superman because he's doing something when you actually look at it. And we don't practice political idolatry in any form. But when you do look at what's going on right now and you set aside just cut through all the noise and you say a guy bought Twitter for $44 billion and has put that all, everything. Now, it may be a good calculated gamble because if you're gambling, if you're saying, look, I'm going to gamble on that the American public doesn't want, that the American public doesn't want to stifle free speech. And I'm going to gamble that when I promote the fact that we're more about free speech and not censoring, and I'm against the possibility of government censoring these things, that I'm going to be able to get companies long-term you know, to invest in it, but it's been a a huge gamble for him, but you don't see that. You don't see that type of instance where a billionaire, a multi-billionaire 
a hundred billion, a hundred billion billionaire mm-hmm. comes in and says, I'm going to buy this company to straighten it out. You haven't had this kind of a, you haven't had this kind of a, uh, I think people of interest in somebody who is a billionaire saying, as I said yesterday, if we had the most interesting man in the world right now, Elon Musk would probably be that person because he's just doing things that are people are going, wow, can you believe he's doing that? And I I look at him because he is an outsider. He's a billionaire, but he's an outsider. I look and say, wow, the last billionaire that people were talking about, uh, you know, uh, this much outside of Trump initially when he ran would have been somebody who was viewed because he ran as an outsider was Ross Perot. Yeah. If Ross Perot had not pulled out, remember when he pulled out yeah. and then he came back in? If he didn't pull out, he I I believe he could have won the presidency. He was ahead at the time when he pulled out. Yeah. And it was just like people shaking their heads. And he had brought up things. I'll never forget when he talked about we need to have a 50 cent a gallon tax but all of it has to go to pay off the deficit. Yeah. Think yeah. about that. And But there was a great, you know, but but he was quirky in his own way, just in his mannerisms. Mm. You know, just the way, you know, Dana Carvey with the, you know, the pace. The way he would we would do that. But people looked at him and said, well, he's unique. Yeah, he's, he's uh, you know, and I don't know how much money he had. I can't remember how rich he was at the time. But here's a guy who's rich beyond all... All, you know, all, you know, all means he's just as and he seems to care about where the country's actually going and he seems to care about what's going on. And not that Elon Musk has spread it out to that part, but Elon Musk is taking on the powers that be. He's taking on the powers in government that wish to censor. He's taking on the mainstream media that wishes to censor, that doesn't practice journalism anymore. And the American public recognizes that. That kind of clarity, and then with a great sense of humor that he has. Yeah. You notice how he answers on Twitter? You sit there and laugh, and you go, they didn't get him. They didn't get him. They didn't get him. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm looking at with Elon Musk. Now, they may get him on other topics, but they're not getting him on this. He's winning every day. Yeah. And so, you know, the, uh, and and so when, when people hit him, and there are some things you could question, like why... He just didn't release it on his own Twitter feed. But those are minor things. The major thing is people are looking at him saying, wow, this guy actually looks and he loves America and he loves freedom of speech and he's taking on the entrenched establishment in the media and in government. Yeah. And billionaires don't do that. Right. So we'll get to more of that coming up, 866-90-RED-EYE. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. So, yeah, so when I see Elon Musk in this thing, you, you see when people are winning the argument and winning it, big time and are viewed as the American public as, whoa, these people are different. DeSantis has it. Elon Musk has it. Again, I'm not calling Elon Musk a conservative in any way, <laughs> and, and I don't want him to run the, the RNC. But when I see uh, Ronna McDaniel, every time I see her, I'm like, nope, nope, 
nope, sorry, nope. I need somebody who is more decisive. I need somebody who can explain the issues in a very simple, just like I, I need the person who's ahead of the RNC to use a DeSantis model. Everybody should use the DeSantis model yeah. uh, on a consistent basis, which is extreme competence, extreme knowledge of all the issues. McConnell. McC- McConnell should be out. I don't need. Well, he, because he sounds, yeah. he, you know, that's it. Uh, he sounds like Boehner. Yeah, oh, we we don't like Messi. Yeah. just move on. Right, and but I don't know who I don't know who replaces him. <laughs> no, that's the problem. Who who who, right. who replaces yeah. him? Yeah. and and I, I don't want him captaining the ship, but I don't also want the ship to run into an iceberg. And and I know Kevin McCarthy can sit there and look and go, yeah, but I, you know, I should I should be, uh, you know, the 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 speaker, uh, you know, because I've been the minority leader and I help orchestrate this win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Uh, I'll have more coming up following the bottom of the hour. <laughs> Join the conversation. 1-866-90-RED-EYE-RED-EYE-RADIO. Eye Radio. And he's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. 866-90-RED-EYE. To, to continue about the leadership of the Republicans. Now, very quickly here, just to throw this in, we don't have to spend a long time on this. When you look at the leadership of the, the Democrats right now, they decided to continue to go insane left. I mean, that's what that's the decision they've made. They're very clear. They believe that the insane left policies that they believe in is what will bring them success. The Republicans still seem to be out to lunch, not to know, just stick to these five or six issues. Here's a model. Look at DeSantis. Do that and you win. Now, when you lose like you've lost and, you know, you can sit there and say, well, the Trump endorsement hurt. Yep. Weak candidates hurt. Yep. Uh, the, uh, the, the, uh, uh, head of the RNC, uh, you know, wasn't, wasn't powerful enough or, you know, what, uh, just because you don't see her much. I've seen her more in the last couple of weeks since the end of the election. <laughs> I was going to say I saw that, her more after the election. It, 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 exactly. Yeah. But I look yeah. at when I see her, I go, nope, done. Mm-hmm. Sorry. You've, mm-hmm. you've, you've, uh, you, you've lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, you look at McConnell, you go, nope, done with McConnell. I look at McCarthy and I say, mm. and the reason I say that is not because McCarthy could end up being a good speaker of the house. I don't, I don't know. But when you lose, you've got to change the culture. You replace it in any organization where you've lost and there isn't a consistent message coming out. You've got to change the leadership. Mm-hmm. The problem is, how do you know if it's the right leadership? Who can, who can sell it? Who has the right imagery you know, to sell what the Republicans have. And and when I'm talking about the Speaker of the House or the Minority Leader, I'm, I'm not saying that I have to agree with you on everything, but the Republican Party has got to get down to the fact that, look, we know we disagree on things, but we agree on these five things. That's what we need to promote in unison. We can fight the other things on the fringe, but we need to be united here with a consistent message. You need to go back with a consistent message when you meet 
And and then the the public face of the party becomes the imagery of it. Okay, you just hit on something. And the reason that you do that, it's not that you can't uh, disagree with another Republican in the party. The focus has to be the win. And the win is going to come through the party getting together on the messaging on those five uh, or six issues, whatever it's going to be. You've got to focus on that. And then when you get the win, then you can have your debates. Or as you are debating a bill, you can have your debates back and forth. But you've got to get the win first. And your opposition right now and has been for years creating an element with their base that is working for you. This identity politics separates their base more and more by groups and then smaller groups and smaller and smaller and smaller. But yet they still win elections because you're not getting it done. And I don't know whether the Republican Party has what it's want because it has what it needs, can do what it needs to do because everybody seems to be so territorial right now. Hmm. I mean, the Republican Party in itself has their own tribalism. But if you were to ask me just off the top of my head who I would look at, because I think McConnell should be gone, the the name that comes up with me that I view as the image that you want to sell what you want to the American public, because you're not selling these five or six issues and bring and and pointing out the insanity to Republicans. The Republican leadership is not there when it comes to the marketing of the party to market to Republicans, you're 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 marketing. Did I say marketing? You're marketing to the independent. Yeah, the person right. that person that I look at, not that I agree with everything from her, but looking at her background, military, everything else would be Joni Ernst. You have a woman who is a minority leader. Hmm. And then I would look at if McCarthy, if I didn't want McCarthy. Now, the thing is. Uh, you know, the the uh, the consensus, if, you know, McCarthy isn't voted in, it looks like McCarthy would is going to be. I think they will end up doing it so it's not chaos. And so they don't have to make some kind of deal with the Democrats. Uh, and uh, but to me, I look at it and go. He's not perfect to me, but it would be Steve Scalise. And I say Scalise because, number one, on the issues where. The Democrats pound on Republicans consistently gun control. Well, he's got that taken care of, doesn't he? Yeah. And I think he has also the ability to um, for consensus building. Yeah. And you, and and that's the whole thing. Look, I've sacrificed, you know, I've sacrificed. I, w- I wish I was almost killed. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know the dangers that are out there everywhere. He can bring that type of uh, he can bring that that uh, I understand, you know, to the to the independent i understand what's going on uh you know out there and how dangerous it is i know i've been a victim like many of you have been uh, been out there and that is something that you know you start with you know you can start with that you know with that point but then you can expand it but you need people who can market to the american public as for the head of the rnc i don't know you know i like what lee zeldin did in new york i don't know if he has what it takes because i don't know i haven't seen enough of him Mm -hmm. in the type of in the type of situation that you need or his organizing skills that you need to have in the rnc i've seen him run a successful campaign in new york basically focusing on crime i don't know 
if he now he has said he's not going to run now because basically McDaniel is the choice. You know, basically she's been anointed. She has to go. She has to. She's not what the Republicans need now. And when you have, you need to change the culture. But the one, the one problem that you have in the Republican Party, you don't have one or two or three. Every team, when you look at the most successful teams, it's not just because of the coaches and the general manager. It's because they have very influential members of that team, the leaders of the team, the people actually involved in it that can relate to all of the players. Their leadership ability to unite the party together is there. I I don't think any of the people I mentioned uh, I don't know whether, and I, I have great doubts whether they have the ability to do that. Mm. And so that's, you know, that's the problem that I see with the Republican Party. But the fact is, when you see what the mission of the Republican Party is, it's simply to articulate what the American public already knows, that the Democrats on the issues are insane. Yeah. And you're not. Yeah. The message is so easy to do it, but it you have to have the right personality in order to sell that idea. Or you have to have, well, I'll say this, you have to have the 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 right uh presidential candidate who can who can do that, who can help become the leader of a party to unite the party together. And we all know, I don't care whether you're a Trump supporter or not. He has no interest in uniting the Republican Party. No. Trump has no, no well, interest in uniting the Republican oh, Party. It, it, and you can see that. Yeah. Look, he'll he'll go to war with somebody uh, that's and has part of his administration. And you you can't you you just you have to unite the it's the the funny thing is what they have to do is so easy. It's the simplest thing. I mean, I I sit back. Part of our frustration is, my God, the Republican or the Democrats are nuts on the issues. They're nuts, and they gaslight like no other political party I've ever seen. Oh, the border is secure. Everyone knows it's a lie. Everyone does. Yeah, right. I mean, it's just it's ridiculous the things that they're you know that that they try to sell to the American public that the American public doesn't buy yet. They still have the executive branch and they still have, mm. you know, they still have the, the, the Senate. But you can win. And it has to be more than just 2024. This has to be a long-term plan of what we need to do with the party. Yeah. And right. and the fact is you need leaders inside that party. You know, you, you go back and you look at, uh, you know, Reagan and how, how uh, he started way before he became president of the United States, even when he was just an actor, before he was a governor, mm-hmm. how he was talking about politics yeah. on a consistent basis. Something that I was talking about and bu- earlier. And it, building consensus and yeah. building building a building. This is what we are about, and we differ from them as a whole. We are a party that believes in this with everybody behind you. You know, we talked about when they McCarthy came out with his, whatchamacallit, I can't think of it, the, the new contract with America or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't think of what it was. And we said he should have done it sooner, and we found out he actually did it before the contract with America. But the fact, the difference is Gingrich could sell it. Yeah. Gingrich had the ability to sell it to the American people and unite 
that party behind it. And so there's Gingrich, and then I can view everybody behind him with it. We're the Republican Party. We stand for this. These people, we don't have to tell, you know, we don't need to gaslight. Here's where they stand. They've told you they stand here and here and here and here. We don't. And you hit those five or six issues, and you win. But you've got to find the personalities and the egos that are more concerned with the the issues that they believe in that are beneficial to America instead of their own little territory. And that's what you've got. And you've also got the fact, well, we've won, so we stay so I get to stay. Mm-hmm. And I understand that, you know, like with the McCarthy, whatever. But the fact is you're part of the losing team over the last few years. Yeah. And sometimes it's unfair. Right. And he might do a good job. I could be wrong. That's the thing. A lot of these people have never been in this position, so you don't know who's going to succeed. Well, but uh, that's it. You're going to have to, you have to, uh, you know, the party has to, I don't know if redefine is the right word. They're going to have to reestablish themselves, and there's no doubt. Um, but you have to do it with a a new approach. What they've tried isn't working. It's not, exactly. Limping in on a win. It's like saying, look, uh, you know, I had a flat tire, but I finally got there. No. You got to be cooking on all cylinders because it isn't just about this past November. Because that's what it tells me. Yeah, well, we, we got the win. Even McDaniel said it. No, no, it was a, uh, it was like, it was yesterday. She was saying, oh, no, well, it was a success. It was a win, but it is not a long-term success story, no. and you can't make that case. And you don't have her out there saying, no, we didn't perform as we should, and we should have performed better. Why? Yep. Because here's what we believe. This, 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 this. As a Republican Party, these are the core issues that we believe in. Exactly what we said. Yeah, there yep. may be some differences here and there on different issues. But sure. these issues that are of absolute concern to the American public, that the polls show we agree with, here's what the Democrats think. Right. Boom, 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 boom. Right. So, no, yeah, we won the House, and I'm glad we won the House. But we didn't perform as expected. I'm not going to BS people. People right. want to hear. Right. I'm not going to do what the Democrats do. We're going to be honest and say, no, we should have won. And, yeah, we had some candidates that, you know, Probably weren't the best candidates. That's just the reality of it. Mm -hmm. God bless them, but that's the reality, and you move on. But everybody wants to own their little piece of territory, and she has to. She feels she has to do that because if she says we failed, well, then she's gone. Yep. Yeah. You know. And and the fact is, it's not about you. It's about moving the country in the right direction. About the principles that the Republican Party agrees on that the Republican Party, moderates and conservatives agree on in the Republican Party. Those five, six issues that are slam dunk that the American public has landslide numbers in agreement with you. Yep, and so much of the work is done for you. All you have to do is be consistent on the messaging. That's the frustrating part for us is when we've seen over the past really decade Mm-hmm. where the Democrats are going and where the Republicans are. And it's like, well, why aren't you dominating? Right. 
Well, we, it, we know, it, we know where makes the public me, stands. It makes me believe that winning really isn't that big of a deal for the party. <laughs> I mean, I just the other night, it just hit me. Maybe they don't want to win. <laughs> because everything is right there. Put it in the, in the bowl, mix it up, pour it in a pan, put it in the oven. Not that hard. 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. We don't have time for a call, but... Uh, one caller suggesting Mike Huckabee for the head of the RNC. Uh, no, uh, fresh face. No, no, yeah. and hell no. Yeah. No. Mm, no. No. He's not mm. what the re- RNC needs. No. Thanks, so, but uh, no. 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 You need no. you need somebody new. Yeah. Somebody new, somebody, well, and it's somebody gonna, younger. It's going to be, it has to be somebody with energy. Yeah. And that is going to be the no. point. Yeah. Um... I would have said Sarah Huckabee Sanders, but uh, she apparently has a new job and won't be available. (laughs) (laughs) This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Hey, that's part one of our show. Don't miss the rest. Click part two on our website, redeyeradioshow.com, or Red Eye Radio phone app to hear the rest of the show. And thanks for listening to Red Eye Radio. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.